I really need to figure out how to turn down the voice in my head that suddenly popped up. <laughs> and it's incredibly loud. <laughs> Your conscious? It's like... not my conscience. That's long gone. <laughs> like, what do you mean the voice in your head? <laughs> okay, welcome back to another Busted Header podcast. I'm Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby on Twitter. I will be joined on this podcast by someone whose reputation does not precede him, but follows behind him, leaving chaos in its wake. Welcome on Halbridius, aka Hal, aka Jake. You you just went right into this. You you didn't you didn't pause. Normally there's like forty five seconds of bullshit. I got to cut off the top of this thing. No, he's he's on it today, folks. You see, I got he's ready to get rid of me. I got our template right in front of me, and I just read that like a teleprompter, <laughs> like word I for see. word. I think that's cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating. It's how you're supposed to do it. Just how we don't. <laughs> Look, if you don't wing your presentations, I don't talk to you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely wing the presentations, but you're the one that made a template for me to follow. That's fair. I did make it. Yeah. So anyways, we're going back to the same format we had in the last episode. The three things we noticed and three things we're looking forward to the, hopefully see in the next uh, week of games. Um, so without further ado, let's jump right in. All right, so the first thing that I saw in the past, it's been like a week and a half or whatever of games, um, is something that I, I I think I need to eat some crow on, which is Jeremy Grant is fucking amazing. So the note that I like specifically had was that I really enjoy how he's going hard to the basket. He's drawing some fouls. He's getting a lot of like easy shots close to the rim. And that's something that I kind of love watching in like a basketball player, especially like a wing like Jeremy. And he has been so aggressive and so good at going to the hole. And just kind of, honestly, it's been like an all-around game. Whether it's like picking up rebounds, shooting threes. Like, he really has shown he's worth that money and then some. And I I don't know what else to say. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I was I was very on board, as you know, with what I thought was a gamble mm-hmm. on Grant. I expected this a year from now. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know how many people can honestly say that they were ready for this when, when the contract was signed, he's his finishing like touch. Oh my God. Is yeah. So much better than I expected. That's what I was worried about. I was worried that, you know, we're signing Jeremy Grant to this big money. and we're going to give him a bigger role. And I was nervous about how he performed in that because even back to his time at OKC, he was known as this like this like great defender, and he's not a negative on offense. It was the way I've always kind of felt like it was. Like he was good well, for I mean, Nuggets, like, but was it was known never for dunks, and he was known for yeah. being a good cutter and for like spot up threes now and like. But he was never he's hitting circus shots. Yeah, it was like he was never this great player. Just with the ball in his hands going to the hole. He was never that's what he was never like sold as. But he's really no. brought that last couple weeks and he's been one of the few things worth worth watching on this Pistons team. Well, and he's averaging over six rebounds, which is I think by far a career high. I, yeah. I have to, and check he had some, to like, make sure. He had some double doubles in there too, so he's doing a good job of kinda of holding down where the rest of our bigs don't really 
you know. Yeah, at OKC he job. was at 5.2 and he's at 6.2, so he's added a whole rebound so far, which is huge because we needed that. Mm-hmm. He's got a 59% true shooting percentage. He's drawing free throws like crazy. Basically, the only thing he's not doing is passing the ball. Yeah. And to be honest, I've I think he's shown some flashes where it's like, yeah, Grant can make. You know, he's not going to be James Harden and LeBron, but he can make, like, passes out of the paint and stuff. He's just not really maybe used to it yet. Yeah, it's kind of a and new I'm role, especially hoping, like that's there. That's now the big thing that it's, like, going forward for the next year or two, can he learn that? Because if he can become a – he's never going to be a, a 30-assist percent guy or, or, or a 10-assist-a-game guy, but if can he be a, a four-assist-a-game guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have, like, four meaningful assists a game, not just swing passes, but meaningful assists – that's really the only thing we're waiting. He's he's doing all this while averaging under three fouls, under two turnovers. Like this is really impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been phenomenal, and right now, I just wish <laughs> for his sake he had a better team around him where they could actually make a good push. Because watching him is like this guy is just going off and earning his money and showing that he's worth everything we've given him. But God, there's sometimes I wish he had like a primary ball handler next to him. And it doesn't seem like we have that. But more on that in a bit. Um, so I guess my first one is in, I, I've done a Twitter thread about this, but I, I guess I just want to say it out loud because it feels good to say the Pistons are one of the most competitive teams in tanking history. <laughs> yeah. You know, 8-2 and two projects to be like a 65 loss team, which is bad. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. And yet in the entire history of the NBA – uh, margin of victory. The Pistons' current margin of victory is negative 6.6 points, so they're losing games on average by just under 7 points. Like, the best one ever for a 65-win team is like 6.3 points. Yeah. So, that, yeah. the Pistons suck, but they don't suck in a way that's like even that hard to watch. And it felt like maybe that was just going to be an early season thing, but it's continued when Blake's off the floor. It's continued when Blake's on the floor, which might even be more impressive. It's like just in general, they've been watchable. And thank you because I'm all for the tank and I'm all for giving young guys minutes, but it is helpful when it doesn't suck. I mean, it is really nice they're losing while remaining competitive. So, I mean, that definitely, uh, I guess, reels people in, but. Some of the things that I watch just get really frustrating, and I know I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later, so I don't want to step on it too much, but they are competitive games, and it's nice to see the young guys and they're playing and participating, but at the same time, it's some of the basketball has not been the best, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> no, but to be honest, it hasn't been that far behind normal Pistons basketball either. Which, what does that say? <laughs> that might be even worse. I mean, it's... It's not a good look for some of the previous Pistons teams, but also, like, they've... This is some of the best look... Like, I also... I This isn't one of the three I had written down, but I'll throw it in here. Mm-hmm. This might be the best X and O job I've seen Dwayne Casey do. Really? Maybe ever. Okay. I think, he, I think what they're running offensively has a lot more wrinkles to it than they normally have. There's a lot more off-ball movement. I want to talk a little bit about Blake in a minute, but... I, I think in general, like, their, their out-of-timeout sets have been really successful so far. Um, I don't have numbers. I haven't looked at the numbers for it. Um, I don't even know if I have access to the numbers for it. But Probably not. The, 
the I don't know if cleaning the glass does stuff. That would be the one I I do. Otherwise, it's Spectrum. Mm-hmm. But like I have in general liked a lot of what they're and I have I I've seen a lot of people like complaining about various things. And I think people are confusing missed shots for bad shots. Yeah. Because I don't think we've taken as many bad shots as people think. Like even a lot of Jeremy Grant's mid rangers, and he's mostly the only guy who's taking mid range shots. Mm-hmm. Most of them are like stepping up into space mid-range shots, and those are the best of the bad shots you can take. Not not the best of the bad shots we are taking, but the best bad ones you can take. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Either way, so just in general, I I think I think from an X and O perspective, it's been one of the better things. It's just that the Pistons are not a good team right now. They don't have. You know, good point guard play on a regular basis. Yeah. Blake is Blake right now. It's just, you know, and you're defending with a bunch of rookies and people who don't play defense. So Yeah. I would I would put that more to like a lack of I guess general talent. Like obviously Jeremy Grant is showing how great he's been doing, but there hasn't really been a whole lot of other people really stepping up far at least to the secondary score level, I would say. Rose I feel like has kinda had a down year. He hasn't looked great, especially recently. And like this team would be a lot better if it had that second score, the second person who could really kind of help Jeremy Grant. So, I mean, I would put, I would say, a lot of the the bad basketball I feel like I've been watching has just been down to the bad guard play, which is very important in today's game. And I mean, I think you hit it right with Casey's doing a good, good job. He just doesn't have the right team to really succeed. No, I have issues with his rotations, but I always do. Yep. Is it your turn or my turn? It's my turn. So Excellent. Take your turn. So I'm going to kind of go, I know I just said that there hasn't been a lot of people really outperforming, but one person that I feel like has, as well as Jeremy Grant, is Sadiq Bey. He came in, uh, kind of coming in mostly when Jackson was hurt with his ankle injury, um, and has looked phenomenal, and <laughs> has been a knockdown three-point shooter, which I know that was kind of one of the things that he was, you know, 3 and D, 3 and D, 3 and D, that was kind of putting your head over the draft but he just came out and been just a knockdown shooter the way that you would expect like Jason Tatum to make his leap last year when he did when he was like that knockdown three-point shooter at the beginning of last year he's kind of looked the same way where he's just hitting everything no matter where it is in the arc it's not like he's stuck in the corner making threes and you know the easiest spot on the court he's making threes from all across the arc and they're in the motion of offense he looks good and I wasn't fully expecting that and that's good value out of a 19th draft pick. Yeah, he. The the one thing is he hasn't been able to finish the layups. Uh, yeah. the The rest of it is not great, but he can make it three. He he's he's shooting like 15. I I love these random Sadiq Bay post ups, and it's never post ups on like the point guard. It's always like the wing who's actually like 20 pounds heavier than him, and Sadiq's like, no, 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 <laughs> I got the ass for this, and then he just posts him up anyway, and it's, I I don't really get it. I don't, but fine. <laughs> um. I, I appreciate the energy. Uh, I, I love that he's taken multiple uh, triple threat jab step threes and just been like, oh, hand down, man down, and just shot over people, yep. which I wasn't sure if he had the release for that, but apparently he does. I think he's been, apart from some communication issues that I'm not entirely sure his fault. I mean, it's a rookie. What do you those are going to happen. I th- I think he's been pretty good defensively. I mean, there there was one the other day where like there was a a multiple stage screen and Delon Wright and him 
he thought they were switching. Delon kept going with the guy. So, like, Sadiq ended up doing literally a 360 and then getting burned by somebody. And I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked back at the play and I was like, I think Delon is the back man there and probably should have made the call. And it he definitely didn't make a call. Yeah. So either either Sadiq completely got the scheme wrong and it was just something that he should have known or either way Dellon probably should have made a call. Um and there's a little there's been little things like that. So other than that though, I like I, I think he's been really good at moving his feet. I didn't think he had the feet to defend wings that or, yeah. and especially defend speed, but um he's been he's been putting his body into guys and in being physical without fouling too much. Um, and that's really helped him compensate for maybe a lack of pure foot speed. So I, I've been impressed with Sadiq Bay so far. Yeah. I mean, I was a, a little worried about him being kind of a bigger wing defender and just kind of, you're always kind of cautious about how that goes where someone's a great defender in college and then you get to the NBA speed and it's kind of a little bit off. Uh, so I'm happy to see that he's done above average, I would say, um, on the defensive end. But just to kind of segue, <laughs> just a quick tangent. Delon Wright has got to be the most frustrating piston I feel like I've watched in a good while. Like, oh, there's so much where it's like he 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 like makes a good move to the basket and just clanks it, and I'm just like, he, it's just frustrating to watch him because you can see the talents there. It's just he's not quite put it together, and I was not kind of expecting that because he was a pretty good player for the Mavs. Like, he was always a solid, like, rotation player for the Mavs, but I feel like he's not looked great so far in a Pistons. Well, and he, he was good with the Raptors. With the Mavs, oh, yeah, he the actually Raptors had too, some yeah. pretty bad splits. Um, I just remember him being good for the Mavs. Like, I remember him having good games. I mean, it's just the games well, I happen to watch, but... And, and, like, I knew he had some limitations, and some of the ball pounding is just... Mm-hmm. It's weird. It doesn't it doesn't fit him i don't i don't really get why he's pounding the ball because he's, he's not even pounding it to do anything he's not trying to do anything he just seems like he's a bit scared to try yeah something i don't know if that's just a not quite learning the offense yet or yet or what but right and when he plays decisively i like him he's he's one of the guys uh he's got pretty good like corner passing stats like he's one of the guys who is really up there in corner threes assisted mm-hmm. uh the last couple of years there's a lot to him, but I actually had this is one of my things I've seen. Like he's struggling offensively. It's the defensive struggles that just I did not realize he was this bad a defender. Yeah. But he's driving it's me nuts on defense. Not great for someone. I feel like he's been really bad. I feel, and it's too bad because he's an ath- he's athletic and long enough to be better than this. Yeah, I I, I kind of felt like when he was coming in that he'd be in, in that Reggie Jackson kind of role, where he's really athletic when Reggie was healthy. And can just kind of run around, and he was never a good defender, but he could at least do enough. But it's just, it's just brutal sometimes to watch him on defense, especially. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. All right, um, you're up. So I guess let's talk about Blake. Um, I didn't want to do this. And actually, maybe a positive here. I mean, I think everybody's noticed that Blake is not himself. Yep. But the last couple games, we've seen him like cutting to the rim a little bit. And starting to do like more decisive things when he's posting up, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that this is us seeing him adjusting to what his new role should be. Yeah, 
he still should not be playing 32 minutes a night. He's still just absolutely abject defensively. His comical closeouts are just... <laughs> there was one the other game, either last game or the game before, where he closed out to somebody and like ran to the halfway line. <laughs> and then, then he turned around and just looked at a play that was still going for like nine seconds. Like... Sure, I get it. You you thought maybe you can leak out on defense and get a transition bucket. But, like, the play kept going, and you didn't try to recover. And he ended up giving up an open three to a guy who was further inside the arc than he was. He was he was still outside the arc compared to this new guy who was supposed to be. It, drove, it drives me nuts. I would, but, I would just put that up to Blake is a guy who was a, a multi-time former All-Star, All-NBA player who he's had some injuries, he's had some rough spots, and now he's stuck on a not-great team. And it's just... Like, it, fine. For stuff like that. But why are we... I just don't get... Like, if you're going to pull that shit, you cannot play 32 minutes a night. You cannot be playing... Like, Seku cannot be benched for a guy who isn't trying. I mean... You can't do that. I mean, we'll talk about that later, because that's also a critique that I had, but... Like, it's Blake Griffin. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's the that's the thing that Dwayne Casey has to deal with. It's it's not like uh, some guy who is like a pretty decent starter. I, I have on a whole question. He's Blake Griffin. If it turns if it turns out that Blake like if if we get the news story that Blake pitched a hissy fit, do you think Blake looks like the hero there? I mean, no. Like, I'm not saying I don't he's the like hero. this is this is the pe- people. Well, so here's what I think. People are like oh oh Dwayne has to uh, he's got to he's got to respect that and he can't he can't create. Uh, you know, issues in the locker room. Like, you know what? If Blake creates issues in the locker room, you leak it to the media, like everyone always does, and Blake looks like an asshole, which he doesn't want. That interrupt, like that, actively hurts him, probably more than his play currently is. That hurts him from a a a next contract standpoint because he's not going to be the star in his next contract. No, he's going to be the end of the rotation guy coming off the bench. Like, That's I, what he's looking at. This isn't even like Russell Westbrook. Like, Blake doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have that cachet. He's been in Detroit for two or three years. You ha- Like, playing Blake 26 minutes a night and giving Sekum the last, like, seven minutes and letting him get a second run in the third quarter, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's there. You can do it. And if Blake pitches a fit, that's Blake's problem, and it's going to be pretty obviously Blake's problem, and he's not going to have many allies. Yeah, I mean, with that, you just tell Blake, like, we need to move forward as a team. We're a young team. we got to evolve, and you're sitting on the books for all this money. We'd be happy to move you if you find a spot. I don't think the Pistons well, are like... for the record, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that Blake is going to pitch that no, fit. No, I don't think he is either. I, that's not who he's been, so I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, it could be just an agreement between, ben, like, Blake and the front office ownership where it's just like, look, I will I will sit here, I'll be a good soldier, I'll be on this bad team, but I gotta get my minutes. I gotta get my touches. Well, then you don't agree to that. I, that, to me, is just dumb. I'd rather him pitch a fit and lose than that. Well, the alternative but, is him just sitting at home and saying, I refuse to come in. Which cool. we've seen that leverage. And <laughs> honestly, I don't think it hurts the Pistons that much, but it doesn't hurt us but it, in the slightest. But the thing it does hurt is that it makes it a bad image when you're going after free agents. When you have this this one high profile star, everyone knows who Blake Griffin is, and he's refusing to play for your team. 
That's just a bad look. And I know there's a lot of... What free agents have the Pistons ever gotten? Uh, recently, we got Jeremy Grant, who's pretty <laughs> pretty damn good. We had overpaid to get him. Don't get me wrong, but he could have gone elsewhere. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, we got Jeremy Grant pretty much because we said Blake Griffin's on his way out, but and we can give you minutes. But the teams that get free agents, sure, there's going to always be the L.A., the New York, the like glitzy, whatever the heck. But it's also the good front offices that over time develop players, have a good relationship with them. And then they get kind of a leg up, especially in the, I would say, the more mid-level guys, which is what the Pistons but primarily it, look for. That, this is my this is my my real question. Is it like the Sixers got the free agents they needed because they got good? I mean, not be, not because they treated veterans well. They got the free agents they needed because they drafted well and and ended up with Blake or Blake with uh, Embiid and Ben Simmons, etc. And so JJ Redick is like, yes, I'll come play for you. I mean, everyone always wants to go for a good team. You could use JJ Redick going to the Pelicans as well. Where the Pelicans, I don't think, have been a great front office, but they happen to jump into Zion Williamson. It's always well, going to matter have, what they have. What's who you his have. name as the GM? Uh, Griffin. Well, they didn't have Griffin at the time. I don't think when they did. They have. I don't think they had yeah. him when they signed yeah. Redick. They did. Yeah. They or did. no, no, no. Yeah, he was there for the. He's also yeah. like team president. He's not even like GM. I remember seeing that recently, and I was like, what? I don't know. Anyway, anyway so my original point was was I think Blake's done some nice adjustments. Yeah. In the last couple of games, and they need to continue, like, and get further. Because I'm, my God, if he, he's not even like jacking up threes from the left wing, which he prefers. He's jacking them up from the right wing and missing, and that drives me insane. Mm-hmm. You don't even like shooting from there, Blake. Stop trying. I mean, I feel like this is a good time. I had a, I had a hope to see in the next week, which was, I hope to see Blake find his comfort zone. Which, like you said, it's not where he's been. I feel like this year. I don't know if that's Jeremy not Grant kind of stealing his spots, but I I feel like he's just not seen comfortable this entire time. Well, it's just like you're, you know, it, it drove me nuts with Killian Hayes when he was in there. Killian would run a pick and roll with him, and he'd fade to the right. Yeah, and I was like, what? Why? <laughs> you have the entire arc open. Mm-hmm. You can fade anywhere you want, and you you faded to to the to the right. Okay. Okay, we're just we're doing this now. Like I, I don't, whatever. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, my last thing that I saw in the past week was this is gonna be a quick one. Johnny Kane. This is more of a high herd, but boy, Johnny Kane with the smooth pipes. I am all here to hear a little bit more of Johnny over the year. Just kind of giving just a little bit of rest and just letting. Him... How did you even hear Johnny Kane? You're in DC. You don't even get the 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 Pistons don't, broadcast. Don't. Arr, matey. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> don't, don't worry about. You know, maybe I have Leak Pass. Okay, Leak Pass has a local announcers. You can choose. Well, I don't yeah. know if you can choose. One, yeah, but... you slide slide the password over this way, buddy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I'm happy to hear Johnny Cage. Always a good guy, and I feel like I should give him a shout out because it's nice hearing him on the broadcast yeah nobody wants to 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 uh talk about the the george blaha succession plan because we all love blaha this but, is the um, year to have george they, sit at home though we're, we're still in a global pandemic just you could you can relax 
I mean, he's he's earned a retirement pretty quick here, so it, it's nice that they're grooming an apparent successor, and that and Johnny seems to be doing a good job. So I mean, I'm fine with them doing the the Al Michaels on NBC thing where Al picks and chooses what games he goes to. Like we can have Blaha pick and choose if he wants to go to a game, and send Johnny in the meantime. I'm fine with that. Swap him out for Tim McCormick in the studio. All right, um, last one for me. Uh, Isaiah Stewart. This is my turn to eat some crow. He's been not shit. <laughs> and like, he's had good energy. I'll, I'll agree he, with that. He he had the lowest possible bar to clear, and he's cleared it. And I, and I mean that in a good way. Like I I had no expectations, and he's been way better on defense than I thought. I knew he was gonna be able to like screen really well, and he's done it. And more importantly, he's gotten teammates to buy into the fact that he screens really well. You know, guys seem to trust him with that on offense, and even though they still won't pass him the ball because he can't finish. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to um, see him make some shots too. That'd be nice. Like, I, I am interested to see when he becomes a popper instead of a roller mm-hmm. and when that transition happens because I think that's probably his future. But he's he's been good enough yeah. and might actually be worth starting at some point if just kind of for some X and O reasons. So uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but I don't ever want to see Julia Lokifer again. So uh, he's yeah. cleared that bar, low as it is. The, the Jaleel Okafer bar. It's not a not a tall bar to climb over. Where is Ja? We need Ja. Where is no Ja in a time like that this? Ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my last one. Gotcha. All right, so we're going to move on to the hope to see. So for this week, uh, the first thing I hope to see, which just kind of ties into the longer Blake Griffin conversation we had earlier, um, which is that Dwayne Case needs to remember this team isn't a playoff contender. And by that, I mean we need to see a bit more of Seku. We need to see him play through his mistakes. We need to see a bit more of Isaiah Stewart. We need to see these like young guys develop and learn in their role. Even when Killian was healthy, he wasn't, I would say, playing as much as I would have liked out of him. I would have liked to see him a little bit more minutes. Like This team is got the worst record in the league. It's not going upwards anytime soon. Let's play the young guys. Let's teach them during a TV timeout. You don't have to pull them every single time they make a mistake. Like, we can go back and film. We can show them what they did wrong. So, I just want Dwayne well, Case to remember what team he's coaching for. So, that that was also on my list. Let's have a game where Seiko gets 25 minutes. There's a chance um, we have a back-to-back yeah, on exactly. the 15th and 16th. Sit Blake. Give, give Seiko 25 minutes. But, like, this is one of the things that drives me nuts. F- purely from an educational and coaching standpoint. When guys make mistakes, it's fine to pull them. But you pull them, you tell them what they did wrong, you tell them what you want to see next, and then you put them back in five minutes later so they know, so they have a chance to make up for it. If you don't do that, there is no point to telling them what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. Like for Seku, he sits out the entire game. You told him, oh, you covered Giannis wrong. And then the next game, he's covering, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, uh, He's Whoever covering the Suns, I don't know. <laughs> we went from Milwaukee Bridges? to Phoenix, so so Mikel Bridges, like two totally different. What? How? How is he supposed to change what he's done if you give him four minutes 
and he doesn't have a time to adjust. <laughs> you know, or like the one they keep giving him one minute at the end of the first half. Quarter. I meant quarter. And then like three minutes to start the second. And it's like, cool, he made one play in the entire first half. Yep. Quarter. I meant quarter. Because you gave him a single minute and then you give him a half or a, a quarter break team talk and be like, Seku, make sure you get that rebound. And then he misses a rebound. You pull him. Like you have to give him chances to make up for it. And if you're telling me that he hasn't earned the right to that, he probably hasn't earned the right to the first five minutes. Anyway, don't make him work on the scouting report and all that crap. Just let him focus on improving. Then he should have been in the G league. You should have participated in the G league or whatever you needed to like, just don't, don't play him. Mm -hmm. You know, his focus shouldn't be on how should I defend Giannis Antetokounmpo. It should be what do I need to do get, to get better. Mm-hmm. And if he's at a point where he needs to be proving to you that he can do the scout and he can do all the little things, give him time to actually prove that or make mistakes. You have to do one or the other. And I'm not saying give him, you know, I want to see him get a 25-minute game this week. I'm not saying you have to give him 25 a game. Give him 12 a game in two stints so that he has a chance to actually learn from his mistakes and make corrections. Bench players, usually, if they're not the kind of guy who comes off hot, they're the kind of guy who gets better as the game goes along because they've learned something and they've made adjustments. Mm -hmm. He needs that. My biggest thing with kind of the way that they use Seku is, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but he doesn't get runs, especially for a young person like that who hasn't really had a whole lot of opportunity to play, especially at NBA-level basketball, but just high-level basketball in general, he needs to have stretches where he's on the floor playing. And I feel like we haven't seen that at all. And like you said, getting a second stretch, give him a stretch in the you know, the beginning of the second quarter or something like that. Give him a nice six, seven, eight-minute stretch. And then put him in midway through the third. Let him learn from his mistakes that he had in the first half, especially learning how to guard the guy or how to get past him on offense, and see how he puts that together in the second half. Like, the way that I feel like they've coached Seku has really kind of... It, it's not been great, and it's not what you want to see out of a very developmental, like, lottery draft pick. Like, you need to see, well, put the time... And you even you know, go back to last year. Yeah, I mean, you can as well, but... Did, didn't didn't play at all. Suddenly we had an injury or whatever, and he's, like, starting against, was it the Clippers? And, like, it's, like, suddenly <laughs> yeah. a, a week and a half of, like, 30-minute games, and then all of a sudden he's back out of the rotation because he was absolutely toasted. Mm-hmm. He had no time to prepare for playing starter minutes on this team, and he just he he burnt out instantly. Yeah, just these wild swings in how you're handling him. You can't do that to a young player. He's 20 years old. Which rookie you, player first year, like late lottery draft pick? I I wouldn't expect him to get a big run of minutes in this first year, but second year we got to start seeing what he's he, doing. Even now, third year especially. I don't. I don't need him to be 28 minutes a night. No. I need him to be given consistent opportunities, opportunities that make it obvious how he's being graded. You know, it doesn't seem to me like anyone really knows. And we've asked the you know press conferences, it's been asked, what's he doing wrong? What's he doing <laughs> right? What does he have to do to earn minutes? Ah, well, the rotation's stacked. Yeah. It's not stacked. <laughs> a, he can play anywhere from three to five, so it's not that stacked. B, what's he supposed – if you can't tell us publicly that he's doing something wrong or right, 
or anything in between, how is he supposed like I'm assuming you're having these conversations internally at least. I hope. But <laughs> it's also not exactly a vote of confidence from your coach or your GM to just be like, well, rotation stacked. Mm-hmm. So I please give him time. Let's just something, anything. Not this stupid five minutes in a single stretch. Mm-hmm. Alright, you wanna go on to your hope to see for the next week? Well, that was one of mine. Well, we've, so I'm we've both taken on one a, of ours, so. Uh, I'll, I'll move on to a second one here, and we'll snake draft it. Uh, I want to see Sadiq Bay. <laughs> that needs to stay in. <laughs> yeah, ESPN updates for football that I don't care about. Uh, I want to see Sadiq Bay run some pick and rolls. Ooh. I want to see him like with a little bit of like the ball in his hand, just trying a little bit of something. Uh, I don't, I don't need it like as a uh, a feature of the offense regularly moving i just want to see him like doing a little bit more because every time he tries a little bit more something interesting happens and we have time yeah exactly we have we have what another 62 games of time <laughs> like let's see it let's go crazy you know uh even maybe not like uh true pick and rolls but like some little dho looks like we used to give luke Kennard. it's like i just want to see what happens when he has the ball in his hands and has to make a decision other than pass or shoot mm-hmm. That's a good point. All right. So kind of, I guess, in a similar line, but a pretty much a different kind of same idea, but different line. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good segue. Going? There's nothing that's going to tie these two together early. But, it's not your strong suit, buddy. <laughs> but what I'd like to see in the next week, kind of my last thing, is to see one of our primary ball handlers to step up. I feel like since Killian went down and... Who knows when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back this year at all. Hopefully not, but I think we've already talked about that enough on Twitter. Um, but I'd like to see either Rose or Wright, especially Wright, since he's kind of the younger guy who's... Uh, is he on a two-year deal, right? He's here for... Or is this an expiring deal? Uh, we traded for him, so I don't yeah, remember. I don't remember exactly, but I know Rose is in this last year, but obviously he's a trade asset as well. So I'd like to see one of those two step up. Because we need this team desperately needs good point guard play and more importantly it can be a great audition for them for a playoff team because i feel like the one thing that's always like found a trade deadline is like a primary ball handler who can come off the bench and be a bench scorer is very important for playoff teams and delon wright and derrick rose two people whose talents very well overlap that so i like to see them take this opportunity where there's not we don't have the point guard of the future waiting in the wings, getting all these minutes. Like it's those two at the point guard position. I like to see one of them step up and kind of essentially lead the team, be that second ball or the second score around Jeremy Grant, and a you know a possible trade uh, asset at the deadline here. Well, it looks like we're also going to get some Saban Lee and Frank Jackson time because. Mm-hmm. Rose might be sitting out and Hayes is out. So I mean, Rose is always going to sit out. That's kind of a given with him. But right, when he right. plays, well, I want to see but, him. But Hayes was go- Hayes was always going to be, you know, he was always going to then become Hayes right. So now that it's just right plus Jackson or Lee, mm-hmm. uh, those guys are also eligible to show us something too. Yep. Uh, so my last one is I want a Hayes injury update. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I would, I would like to see the, the tweet. Uh, Killian Hayes elects to have surgery on uh, hip labrum. Yeah, like what, any, what is, what is happening like, right now? What are they? This is this is not a hard decision. You, and it, I don't know if they're like 
waiting until swelling goes down to like make sure that it's the right injury whatever like i'm sure there's something there but like please just go get what you need done for the next 20 years to play devil's advocate absolutely what is... absolutely nobody cares about immediacy well no re- immediate returns here but how long does it take to recover from the surgery that is project to have is it it's not like a year long oh, it's, it's it's six months yeah. to eight months like the season is over the season's gonna be over surgery. so i think at least what i hope they're doing is they're waiting to make sure like you said see if the the inflammation everything goes down make sure that they made the correct diagnosis before you give them the surgery because he's well, gonna like, be I, out i don't regardless. think we're gonna get the i don't think we're gonna get the he elects to have surgery and then you know yeah i mean in three weeks i think we're gonna get the killian hayes has had surgery tweet you know so maybe they're waiting to have surgery for something but like yeah i just want to hear that they made the right decision because it's going to be extremely concerning mm-hmm and I haven't heard any medical professional yet or anyone who's had a, a hip injury say, yeah, yeah, rehab's the right way to go. Yeah. That is everything I'm seeing on Twitter is he needs to have this surgery. What's the, like, what's the delay? Like, there's no so, reason not to. I just, I want to see that tweet. Nope. I agree <laughs> Give me that. the tweet. <laughs> we got the podcast there with us agreeing on something. That's something nice and new. Yeah. All right. All right. That was three things. <laughs> three quick things. It was, it was a lot of things. It was a lot more than three things, but we we wanted to do three things. We made sure to get at least three. Yeah. So we're trying and, to... And it was under an hour. <laughs> yep. We're keeping it under 40 minutes. It's kind of nice and tight. Then I might I might only have to edit out like two parts. We'll see about that. <laughs> There's always time for me to add some more. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We will be back on a regular basis, hopefully, Tuesdays. Yep. That's it sounds like thinking. Tuesday recording Tuesdays, days. And then... which, which means that hopefully I have it released by Wednesday afternoons. Sounds like a plan. Quick before we leave. Um, I just found out by looking at uh, Basketball Reference that Jeremy Grant's uncle is Horace Grant, and I'm like, what? I did not know that. Yeah, his dad is Harvey Grant, who played in the NBA. I'll be damned. All right. Yeah, they're... That is a real basketball family. Are they twins? I don't think so. You're talking about Jerrion? Well, he and... He, Jerrion, and Jerry uh, are are all brothers, but I, I think Horace and Harvey are twins. Oh, okay. I cannot conform nor deny that. We'll, we'll, we'll Google this. That is a hell of a basketball family. Wow. Yeah, they are identical twins. Really? Yeah, and Harvey played for the Bullets for four or five years and mm-hmm. Portland for a couple of years. Harvey had a seven-season career? No, 11-season career. Yeah, a little bit longer than that. <laughs> He spent seven years so, in my beloved DC. How is the uh, the DC energy at this point? I mean, <laughs> we could extend the podcast for another hour talking about that. But <laughs> it's been a very awkward uh, awkward week to say the least. Have people stopped trying to break into the restaurant below your apartment? Um, I don't think so, but I'm not usually home, so <laughs> I'm a bad example. I know, of that. Par- I know Parks was like, yeah. So the night of the of the thingy, they uh, there were people in MAGA gear. Trying to, like, break into the restaurant and get food. I cannot conform nor deny that. <laughs> you can't conform? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I can't conform <laughs> to Pod's over. Okay, Go home. To the Pod's th- over. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll see you next Tuesday.
Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.